0: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and
1: marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake.
0: (laughs) Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. Welcome to the Rugby Pod World Cup Media Roundup. It's another quarterfinal exit for Ireland after being knocked out by New Zealand. We hear from both camps. England's hung on against a fast finishing Fiji to slip into the semi finals. We hear from coach Steve Borthwick and captain Owen Farrell. The Springboks have knocked France out of their own World Cup. We hear from the defending champions. And the tournament has ended prematurely for Wales, losing the opening quarter final of the weekend to Argentina. We hear from coach Warren Gatlin.
2: Andy, Johnny, commiserations. Can I ask you both just where do you feel that
3: game was lost?
4: Fine margins and all that, you know, getting held up over the line from a mall very close to the end, which could have sealed the game. You know, those, those little bits are, are all over the game, aren't they? And, you know, if, buts and maybes and all that, and at the end of the day, Two good teams out there playing some outstanding rugby and unfortunately for us we came out on the wrong side of the score, Uh, sport can be cruel sometimes I suppose, that's why we uh, love it so much but um, I suppose I'm reflecting it more over over the coming days but my initial feeling is that I'm unbelievably proud of the group of how they've handled themselves not just today or through the tournament but um, how they've handled themselves as, as, as people over the last couple of years. So that would be my overriding feeling. With this young Nucleus, how confident are you that in four years' time they can come back and, and they can really push on? A lot of our group are, are, are still learning and I've just said to the group um, in, in, in the changing room, the reason that I know that they're going to keep on learning is because of this, this guy sat at the side of me here. The impact that he's had on the, on the rest of the team over the last four years has been amazing and the way that he's conducted himself as a, as a leader, um, as, a, as a rugby player and the way that he's shown the love for playing for Ireland will be remembered and, and connected to this group for, for many years to come. So through his example, the younger guys will keep on getting better and, and striving to, to be better. There's no doubt about that.
5: Ian Foster said yesterday that when it comes to knockout rugby, you don't want to die wondering. And he said New Zealand didn't want to die wondering. Is there some consolation to you after that performance that you know you didn't go out wondering? It
4: is. I mean, if you, if you go out if you go out with a, a whimper, it's uh, it's pretty hard to take, isn't it? We um, we deserve um, a little bit more of ourselves than that, um, and we didn't, did we? You know we. When New Zealand put pressure on people and, and get the, goal, the scoreboard ticking over and it was 6-0 and obviously we give three penalties away at the start of the game that give them uh, soft points there and then they score next as well and all of a sudden, you know, we've seen time and time again with this team, the All Blacks that is, just take the game away from people and these guys, they kept on believing in themselves and, and rightly so because of the rugby that they're, they're, they're able to play under pressure. So, I'm immensely proud. I'm I'm immensely proud of absolutely everyone that's connected with Irish rugby to be fair. The staff have been immense over the last four years, the players, not just in this squad, but the players that we've used in that four year cycle have been a joy to work with. And not just that, the connection with the fans and it seems like it's all one big family, you know. So I'm unbelievably proud to be associated with it all. The sad thing for us now is that for this group it's Probably the end. Obviously, it is for for Johnny and Keith Earls. He's, he's going to retire as well. So things are going to change. Mick Carney our, our manager, is going to is going to finish up as well. So over the next 24 hours, it, it's time to um, make sure that we get a smile back on our face as soon as we possibly can and celebrate what has been some unbelievable careers and what they've done for Irish rugby. So it's important to us that
3: Johnny, commiserations. What's your message to the supporters in the country?
4: Well. Thank you. Uh,
6: Yeah, you know it's how can you be prouder to be Irish when you see what's happened over the last uh, six weeks? Really, like it's uh, we get behind the team like no other. It's incredible, and uh, it's not wasted on us. And that's why it's so hard to take. Really, that we didn't give them another couple of weekends. Um, But like Baz said, it's it's small margins, and uh, that's sport. That's life. It's unfortunate, but we this group will bounce back. They're they're incredible. Incredible bunch led by the man beside me and uh, the best group I've ever been a part of, bar none. Um, And these guys, they'll they'll go on and achieve great things. And I'll be sitting in the stand having a pint like you lads. Shouting at them.
4: That's (laughs) what he'll be doing.
6: What's next for you, both short-term and long-term? And how do you reflect on your final year overall? The last couple of years have been definitely, in a green jersey anyway, the most enjoyable of my career. Definitely. Uh, the group, the way Faz leads us with the other coaches, you know, everyone runs into camp, never wants to leave. It's an incredible place to be. That's what that's what I miss the most, going to work every day with, with those guys. But just grateful as well. Like, you can't be 38 and sit here giving out too much. Uh, I've had lots of ups and downs in my career, lots of injuries. I'll probably reflect more over the next couple of weeks and take a bit of time off and spend it with my family and, yeah, see what happens.
1: Andy, um, you
4: mentioned it's a bit of an end of an era, but what in particular gives you real confidence that the next era can be as successful, if not more successful? Just uh, uh, knowing knowing what we've got, the the type of character that that we've got, the type of people that we've got, the type of player, staff, the 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 hunger to to want to wear the green jersey, etc. It is the end for this team because people are, are going to believe in but the competition that this team has as built over the years will, will continue because of how it's been driven certainly over the last couple of years so the talent that we've got in Ireland will continue to, to come through and will
3: continue to challenge I've no doubt about that Ian, was that the most important and most impressive victory you've overseen as head coach of this team? No, you guys keep reminding me South Africa was quite important last year but I'm pretty happy Where does this one rank then? Pretty high You know the answer to that. This is a special day for us. I think the world's been talking about these two quarterfinals for 12 months, even longer. And I guess our one and the one tomorrow night with France, South Africa, is likely to be the same. And I think that that, uh, the massive games, two very proud teams, two teams that you saw them desperate to want it. And sometimes the sweetest victories are when your opponent plays really, really well and, and tests you to the limit. We didn't want to play Ireland with two yellow cards, and Ireland have got a big record of winning big games when the opposition get cards, and and they often do get cards when they play Ireland for some remote reason. I'm not sure why, but it's at the end of the day. We we played a lot of that game with 14 men, and I couldn't be more proud of the effort of Sam and the players, and and I thought we, we looked in control of it, and, and it felt good.
7: Obviously, New Zealand are renowned for the attacking and try scoring. Um, rightly so, but how proud are you of the way your team defended 37 phases? I think three or four minutes.
8: Yeah, what an incredible finish to a Test match! 37 phases—it's almost as long a period to defend that I've I've heard of or witnessed. Um, the ability for the boys to just keep turning up for each other—I think obviously it's pretty clear that defence probably won us the Test match tonight. And um, you know, history shows that teams that win World Cups very good defensively so I feel like that defensive performance has been building for a wee while and it's got to be our benchmark going forward.
3: Last year you received a a bit of trash talk from Peter O'Mani, something to do with Richie McCaw in Wellington and I was just wondering was that any motivation for you building up to this?
8: No, no motivation from that. I think uh, look, we, we know they've got a few players that like to get a bit Sort of try to get under your skin, I suppose. with tackles like that and you know, we went into the game knowing that they were gonna be like that, but really focused, consciously focused on just sticking to our jobs and worrying about executing our stuff. Yeah. We didn't buy into it, I suppose. A lot's been said about the defensive resolve
3: and obviously a lot of big moments going in a match like that, but I think you're one man down at the time, the island mall, Geordie Barrett holds an Irish attacker up. How, how decisive do you think that was in the Context of the contest. Oh, look! I think you know they they peeled away. They they took a punch. You see that nowadays when you when you go for the goal, you got to be really clear. And you know, I think Geordie had a role to do, and he did that role really well. So, um, you know, it wasn't by chance. Um, but you know, I thought it capped off a really strong game for him. You know, I think so. It was a big moment. I thought the other big moment for me was when we were under a bit of pressure. We had a defensive line out and scored eighty meters up the park. And I thought that was a big moment in that second half because that there's something about scoring long-range tries that it can deflate a team, and that got us out to eight points. And to me, that sort of set the platform of it. So um, the nice thing for me is there's a nice little mix of some really good attacking stuff and some really courageous defensive stuff in that game. So plenty to work with, and we'll need that. Can you still be under the radar in the semifinals? <laughs> I suspect not. I'm not sure how far under the radar we were. You know, certainly all the talk was about Ireland in many sense, but um, it's not a tag that we like to have. We don't adopt it ourselves. Did you not say you were under the radar a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah, but that was a few weeks ago. I'm allowed to change my mind occasionally. So, But the limelight was on Ireland. I mean, let's face it, they had an amazing, you know, was it 17 wins in a row? You know they built a team for this sort of iconic moment, hadn't they? Really, and so they had massive expectations about it to to perform. And we've been there as a team, and we know what that's like, and and we know that some things fuel you in that sort of situation. So our role was really just to just to be quiet and, and to steal ourselves for for the challenge that we needed. So, but no, I don't think we'll be under the radar next week. And we know Argentina well; they know us well. We play each other regularly, so. um I mean hick of a game. heck of a good Southern Hemisphere game.
1: Warren, for the first half an hour you seemed well in control, you were 10-nil up. Why do you think it got away from you after that point?
5: You probably didn't help with the referee getting injured. You know, that kind of was a was a little bit disruptive in terms of uh, the game, you know, 10-nil up and we're thinking if we take a few uh, the opportunities that get presented to us and Unfortunately, we've given away a couple of soft penalties that allowed them to sort of go in it uh, with, with a couple of th- those before half-time. So, you know, we spoke about how important discipline was and, and not giving anything, and that allowed them to stay in the game in terms of keeping the, you know, the scoreboard ticking over, and they took their opportunities. So, yeah, that's just the way test match rugby goes sometimes. Were you disappointed with the um, Patty incident that that wasn't even pen- penalised? Um, be interesting to see what the... Um, what happens in terms of the feedback from the, the panel? You know, if he if he's felt that Nick's dropped his height and said it wasn't foul play, you know, look, I need to go back and have a look at it. I probably think it's at least a penalty situation. And then from that, you know, we felt uh, Dylan Lewis was on the ball for a significant amount of time before they end up scoring their try as well. So, you know, sometimes those those things happen in a game, and big moments uh, can swing things. Um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Coming into this tournament, there was a bit
4: of talk about a, a potential break clause in your contract. After this, are you committed to taking this project through to 2027? Just for clarity,
5: <laughs> is this like an Eddie Jones' question? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm not actually sure what's in my contract. Yeah, uh, you know, I think there's a clause from the union, and I'm I'm not too sure what uh, the actual wording is. I haven't actually read it so. Would you yeah. like to take this group through to 20? Yeah, absolutely. But if they, if the union want to get rid of me, then they're they're completely entitled to do that as well. So um, that's up to them.
4: There's a young core to this squad that, in time, will learn a lot from this. It's an it's an exciting group for that project, though, isn't
5: it? Yeah, and I think that's the big thing I spoke in the change rooms to the boys about. You know, we're all pretty disappointed, pretty gutted about that. It's one that slipped away from us. But you've got to take learnings, and how do you continue to improve and develop? As a squad, and probably this, some of the learnings from today, we had a team that you know, kicked a lot against us, and kicked, you know, long, and we probably at times played a little bit too much rugby around about halfway, and maybe needed to be potentially a little bit more conservative. Uh, like I said, there's a couple of discipline things, but you know, how do we how do we take those learnings and grow as a team in terms of uh, we've got a game against the Barbarians, and then we've got to start focusing and thinking about the Six Nations and making sure that we don't take a backwards step. I'm incredibly proud of the work that these players have put in, the coaches, the whole staff. Uh, they've been absolutely fantastic, but we've made some really good strides and we need to make sure that we continue on that path and we don't want to be sort of going backwards. So that's a good challenge for us to, to accept and ma- make sure that we you know, continue to keep improving.
4: Warren, just a word on
5: Dan Bigger, who has now played his last game in a red jersey. Oh, he's been a a great servant for for Welsh rugby. He's been through some incredible highs and some some lows as well. So, you know, for a youngster to come into the side and to see him mature and develop as a player, uh, I think that's been a bit you know been pretty special. He's made a decision to to finish international rugby, and probably for us, uh, you know, we're not going to have Gareth Evans available, but we're excited about a young kid coming through in terms of Sam Costley. He's got. We think he's going to be you know, a little bit special going forward, he's still got a lot of growth in his game as well but you know, Dan's been an incredible servant he's, he's, he's so competitive, he, you know, he wants to win and you know, he definitely wears his heart on, this, on his sleeve and that's probably been uh, you know one of his you know, big accolades in terms of um, what he's brought to this team over the years
7: Good evening all and welcome to England's post-match press conference with uh, head coach Steve Borthwick and captain Owen Farrell. If we could take the first question, please. Hi, gents.
5: Congratulations on the victory. Uh, Steve, you feel fairly vindicated in certain situations and what's your general response to victory tonight?
2: I'm really pleased for the the players out there and the the squad of 33 that were to work really hard uh, for the result tonight. That's the first thing, the second thing, I'm really pleased for all the supporters, both here in the ground tonight who I thought were incredible and the millions back home who have been watching that on television. And I think what's important as well at this point is to, to say um, incredible credit to Fiji. What a fantastic team they are, brilliant World Cup they've had and... The way they play tonight, the team jam-packed full of world-class players with power and pace, and the way they scored those back-to-back tries, scored in a way that I'm not sure too many other teams in the world can score like that.
5: Um, how do you uh,
2: rate Owen's performance? Obviously, he sat right next to you, but um, how, would you, how would you sum it up tonight? Um, I'll reiterate the words I've said many times about the man sat next to me. I think he is um, a fantastic leader. Um, he's the kind of leader I know I'd want to follow onto the pitch. I think he's a brilliant player who thrives in, in the contest and, and especially the, the, these big occasions, he, he just gets even even better. Um, so we're very fortunate to have Owen as a player in this team and, and as our leader. Um, so I feel very uh, he should be very proud of his performance and the way he led the team. And Owen, um, how pleased are you that you've got you know, you got through that. You sort of showed the grit to get
5: through it, and now you can look forward to a semi-final. And as we know, at this stage of the competition, the sort of rugby that you can put together will will obviously make you very competitive for whoever you take on.
1: Yeah, very pleased. Very pleased to to uh, find our way to win the game again um, today. Thought the team's done an excellent job over that over the over the group stages, and 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 now in a in a big in a big knockout game. So very pleased. Um, I think the the effort Steve's already touched on it now now, but the effort of the, the full the full squad that's gone into into this week has made it has made it an, an enjoyable week and made it a week that we've all got we've all got after together and uh that'll continue now into into next week. Owen, oh, can I just ask you about Ben L's performance, please? He seems to stand up in really big moments. Um yeah, I, I mean it's he's he's obviously He's obviously growing, growing, and growing as a player. But it's, it's no surprise to me, um, being his teammate uh, for for a long time now, and seeing how hungry he is, and seeing how much he wants the ball and wants to get involved when when the game matters. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that obviously for the club for a, for a while now, and 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 we're we're seeing it here. Um, and it, you know, on, on days like today. It, it probably doesn't feel as right to pick out to pick out individuals as as much because that's a as I said, it's not just a team team performance. That's a whole squad, a whole squad one. But he certainly played a, a big part of it. Thanks.
5: Hi, Steve. Can I ask a couple of questions? First, could you give me an assessment of Marcus Smith's performance at fullback? He seemed to be in the walls a couple of times.
2: I thought he played really well. I thought he defended with um, a huge amount of courage, which is, uh, you do not not many people talk about Marcus Smith's defence, and I thought his defence was very, very good tonight. And whoever you face in the,
5: in the semi-final, you're likely to be underdogs. Does that suit you, that you've come through this tournament and you said that you've been written off and that you're, you're likely to be
2: Well, I think, I think many people that wrote, that we wouldn't get out of the group. I don't know whether maybe some of them are here tonight. And the team performed very, very well to top the group and then performed well to find a way to win tonight. What we'll do is we'll recover from today's game and then we'll build towards our game next Saturday.
1: But you're happy to be underdogs in that semi-final situation?
2: I don't really care what other people think of us. I care about the development team. Hi Steve, um,
5: you're saying that you don't really care what people think of your team, but do you think after a game of that magnitude and like that, you'll see the support grow behind the side from back home and it when was, it gets to the semi-final?
2: It was when I was asked about whether we are favourites or otherwise. Um, what I sense here is there's a group of supporters that, that are behind this team. that have been behind this team from the the, the start of the tournament. and. I think the crowd tonight were, were were brilliant, as I said in my opening remark, the answer to the first question.
5: Do you think as a possible sense of a siege mentality around the team, with your comments earlier, do you think that helps the sides? Do you think they, they thrive on those moments where you're saying people write them off and they perform on the back of that?
2: I said the team would be ready for September the 9th, and the team's ready for September the 9th, and then the team's built through the tournament. I said there's a team, there's a squad packed full of of talented players who perform on a big occasion and what they do is perform on a big occasion. And So
5: you feel vindicated for your, your selections and the, the way that you've got through them?
2: I get to work with a fantastic group of players that I'm really privileged to. Um, <coughs> Hi, Steve. Um, when you named the squad um, back in August, I think you were talking about trying to draw on the spirit of the 2007 side and... I'm just wondering, coming through a, a tight game like this in Marseille, as the team in '07 did. Do you see that evolving? And I suppose, secondly, how much will the team take from having got through that tight final finale um, uh, ahead of the semi-final? Uh, firstly, I'll say that I think the team's found itself in lots of different situations over this last period of time and it's, we've tried to capture the learning from each one of them. And I thought, I think the players have handled them, each situation in a very smart way. Game one against Argentina, dealing with that, sending off to two minutes, and the way the team then responded. Japan, game two, played in a completely different manner. Kicked the ball every one and a half rooks on average. No, never seen a Japan team play like that. Found it in difficult conditions, found a way through that that contest. I jumped to, to, to game four against Samoa found themselves in a difficult situation and played a brilliant Q4 to find a way to win the game. And you see today, I thought for large parts, controlled the game and then had a couple of thunderbolts that hit the team in quick succession. And I think you've probably seen in a period of time, not that long ago, the England team probably isn't coming back to win that game. And this team did. So I think there's there's a smartness about the team. I think there's a composure about the team led by this man. Um, which I think the team is continuing to grow with, and we, t- we discuss that a lot in the week. We'll talk about scenarios in the week, we'll talk about how you handle different situations, we did a lot of that through our World Cup camps, and I think the players are drawing on all those experiences now. As for comparisons with 07, um, I think this group is incredibly tight, I think this group is very clear on what they're trying to do and what they're trying to work upon each week. And that's why we keep saying it, is we go about our work each week. And that's what, I think in 07, after we, were, we had a bit of a reset after game two, I think in 07, the team then is concentrated. We'll go about our work each week. And I see, That's what I see with this team. They're doing exactly that.
7: Hello, Jacques. Antoine Dupont said uh, the referee wasn't good with some bad decision against France. What do you think
9: about it? We, all we can do is play rugby. I mean, we can't control what the decision the the, the, the ref makes. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. We will have to look at the game afterwards, but I thought the communications with him and um, the calls that he made, um, yeah, were fair. I mean, I will never, um, I've never discredited the ref and I will never do that, but I don't know. We'll have to look after, after the game, but yeah, obviously he's got his own opinion. But I thought the game itself was an amazing game and uh, it flowed, and it was tough. It was physical. There was a lot of contest in the game. Um, I think um, the way both team plays outshines anything else out there, and the atmosphere was amazing. And I think that it was a perfect stage for everything with a strong French team. Um, and I want to let Chonoujag you know, say they've been building for four years uh, this French team, and uh, we knew it was going to take something special for us to win this game. And because they are so good and for their leader to be injured and do everything he can to come back for a game like this and play like he hasn't left uh, the, the, the field before. And yeah, we, we give all credit to them and the French people have made this World Cup so special. The spirit, the vibe around, even when the French team is not playing, when we're playing away team, we could hear the French national anthem. That's why we knew how loud it was going to be and how how hectic it was I mean, we had a speaker in our training session so we can try and emulate the sound in our training session. So this French team can honestly, the people of France can be proud of their team. Um, it was a one-point game and we had to win by, uh, I mean, a, a charge down from chess and things that you don't see each and every single day in a game, you know. So you know, I thought it was a tough game, it was a proper game and it was going to take something so special from us to win um, um, this game. So French people and the, obviously the coach and Antoine, they can hold their heads up high.
7: Yeah, me, just me on that. I think I thought Ben was 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 good on the day. Um, obviously, you would say we won, and that's why I'm saying that. But I think uh, we we try to probably play in such a way that we 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 try and take the referee out of the game. Uh, we scored four tries, and I think all the opportunities that we had to score, uh, we maybe missed one or two, but uh, and we missed one kick f- uh, from the tee. But when we had opportunities to score, we scored, and I thought he managed it well. Uh, We we thought we could get a penalty there at the back end. We were going for a drop goal where uh, 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 where, where one of the French players were in Faf's way to get to Andre for a drop goal. Uh, But Ben explained nicely uh, why he felt that was not a penalty. Uh, So I thought his communication on the day was was excellent in terms of uh, the decision that he made.
6: Sia and Jacques, if you
9: can both answer this one, he Jan de okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you can both answer, Si, you spoke about the character of the team. If you can both each pick one incident that epitomises the character of this team, incident in the game.
7: I think, yeah. But, uh, for me, I think back at 2019 in the quarter final, we uh, the Fords had to score score a 60 metre mall try to 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 break open the game and and, and to, to to win the quarter final. I thought. Tonight, uh, another people, not a lot of people will, will remember it. But Cheslin's charge, uh, charge down, I thought, was special. You don't see that often, uh, and th- that's somebody chasing a lost cause. You know, so I thought that was quite excellent. Uh, and then, like like Sia said, yes, we were broken up uh, defensively, uh, which is unfortunately my department. We were we were opened up a couple of times, but but uh, the. Amount of scramble and work rate and effort that the pl- uh, players put in was, was I thought, was was uh, enormous.
9: Um, for me, I think it's, I think it's in the week. I think the guys that didn't play, the, the pictures that they had to show us. You know, it's tough not to be chosen for a team, but this uh, the selflessness of the players that didn't play. The pictures they had to show. You know, they have to act like they the French team. It was special, and I think the bench when they came on, you know, um, the subs were were made early in the game. You know, then they came on, they made a huge difference, and, and that's what this team is about. You know, when you get taken off, how we knew <laughs> the amount of support that the team would need. How we were screaming when the sergeant, you know, just shouting, getting them up. You know, that's important. I think the way they played uh, today, the guys that came on the bench is special, and uh, and that's what we're gonna need uh, going forward.
7: Thank you. Um, hi, Jack. Uh, on Friday, you were talking about your selection for the semi-final for number eight position. Any risk of sounding overconfident or arrogant in that? Do you think? Uh, so it's so. Well, you, so you,
3: you said that you would, that Jasper might come back for the semi-final on okay. Friday morning.
7: Yeah. Look, a uh, team selection. will probably have a good review of the game. Uh, we'll we'll do that tomorrow, and we we uh, we have a short turnaround, so only six days. Uh, we play uh, the semi-final will be on on Saturday, so whenever we announce a team, we will we will look at the squad. I know everybody looks at the the bench and listen. What what are you guys? Uh, is it going to be a five three? And I said tonight uh, beforehand, it can be a eight zero, it can be a seven one, a six two, a f- it can be a five three, it can be a four four. Uh, it's a squad of 23 players that we select that we think is uh, good enough to get us a result on the day. And uh, sometimes the, the, the gap between our players uh, is, is not big. I, I think if Jasper played tonight, uh, he wouldn't have led the team down. And uh, like Dwayne didn't let the team down. So uh, we're fortunate in that position that we, uh, we have a lot of players that are really close to each other. And like Sia mentioned, the tough thing is when you know you're good enough to get selected and get a result, but you are not selected and it's explained to you and then you just need to slot into a different role. So so all 33 players have a role to play. Uh, 15 of them start. There's eight players that that, that will, like Sia mentioned, when, when our bench came on, they really uh, um, injected a lot of energy into the group. And then there's 10 guys that, that, that had to be
10: France on the... This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease. Today, On,
7: in, in the week, and they were brilliant at that.